Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? I was a little nervous. That that opening sort of... uh, you know, it wasn't my best, but we're going to plow through. I've done that 106 times. Nervous about you tonight now. I've done that 104 times. No, I didn't do it at the beginning, so it's probably oh. 103 times of announcing the show in the WWE manner to get us all hyped up for some wrestling. Let's go wine. Let's go wine, baby. And this is the, the first one where I felt like I could have slipped up, could have edited it out, but you know what? We're rolling with it tonight. We're taping this on Tuesday night, late, having some late night wine. For episode 105, it's episode 105 of The Long Finish, we alluded to it last week. We were going to have a little run on white wine. This is week two of white wine. Here we are, summer of white. Is that, is that what it is? Well, I mean... For these two weeks. For, for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, well, summer. Get, we, we got white wines. Let's get the listeners jumping. Let's get ourselves jumping into what we're drinking tonight. So what, what are we having tonight? Ooh, we got some good wine tonight. This is the K. Weschler, or... Katarina Weschler, the Ben Riesling from Rheinhessen, Germany, vintage 2020. It is a rockin' Riesling from Germany. I just want to say right off the bat, we opened this wine two nights ago. And still, we did. It's it's really good right now. It's so good. We thought we were going to do the podcast then, so we had a little bit with our dinner on Father's Day, and then bedtime was, well, it was a circus, and we just couldn't do it. There was a time when we ranked our bedtimes. That would have been high up well, there with the They're, they're tough right bad. now because it gets light so late. Yeah. So, and it's summer. I mean, they are going to bed later because it's summer. There's less, you know, stuff we got to do in the mornings. Even camp is just, you know, it's less pressure. The show will be released on the day that's the longest day of the year, the most sunlight of the year, June 21st. It's hard to put kids to bed. I mean, there are parts of the country, as you know, in Indiana... They're oh, late till yeah. 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Our listeners totally. in uh, Scandinavia know that it's going to be late all night. Yeah, you how know, do you get by, those by, kids by late, to by late, bed? I mean bright all night, sunny all night. Yeah. I don't know how you get the kids to bed. Email us or DM us at the Instagram of The Long Finish, at The Long Finish, and let us know how you put your kids to bed in the summer when it's so light, so late. So anyway, we passed on that night, but because of that, we were drinking this wine two nights later, and for everyone who's do- drinking wine at home... Anytime a wine tastes good on consecutive nights, it's a high-value wine. It really is. It's something that I always mention to people when they're thinking about buying wine for retail. A fun fact about this one, it's great on day two or day three. Those are great things for wines that you have by the glass at a restaurant, too, because you know it's going to be open for multiple days, a bottle. It's a great question to ask when you're tasting wines. How is this on day two? And to try it for yourself, it's fun. It's fun to see how it changes. Are there certain dis- qualities about a wine that you would help you believe that a wine would taste good a night or two after opening it? Well, you know, I want to say having razor sharp acidity would help, and this does have that. On the other hand, I know a wine that doesn't have razor sharp acidity that we did, I don't know, maybe episode three was a suave, and it has more medium acidity, and that wine is delicious on day three and day four. So I'm not exactly sure. There are Barolos so that are really tight, have a lot of tannic structure, that are good on day two. 
really good on day three. You know, it just depends on the wine. But I do think having good structure helps. You said razor sharp. You're going to be razor sharp talking Riesling. We've talked Riesling one other episode uh, on the show. That was way back in 2020. So Yeah, episode 35. Episode 35, talking Riesling. I'm excited to talk about Riesling because I feel like people have a thought in their head about what Riesling is. And we're going to help break that idea. So we'll get to that in a minute. But, Catherine, what's going on? We're back. You know, we've decided... (laughs) I hate that habits start to form, but you got so comfortable last week in bed. We're doing it in bed again. Well, here's the truth. We keep this box with all of our podcast equipment in our room under the bed. So there's less work to do if you just open it here instead of taking it down a couple flights of stairs. I went in a podcast on... On Monday, my good friends over at Dirty Sports and, you know, one of my friends, Andy Ruther, used to live in Venice Beach, California and moved to Cincinnati. And, you know, we talked about moving last week. You know, there is just more space where you don't have to build up and then break down a podcast space. I I want to be so financially stable that we have a room where we can create our content and do our podcasting where I don't have to break down the podcasting gear every night. So that's the goal. But every, you know, we do have a Tupperware. That I put the... Um, I'm not sure if I would classify this as Tupperware. I, I, it's, it's plastic. Well, it's a square. Yeah, you can open and close it. That's Tupperware. an under-the-bed box. It's called an under-the-bed box? It's from the, the container store. Okay. Not everything they sell at the container store is Tupperware, even if it's plastic. <laughs> it's the way, like, the same way like, like Kleenex has like usurped their market space. Tupperware. What era are you from? I don't know. 1960s? 50s? Life has been good over here. We are getting, I guess, into the throes of summer, trying to plan the rest of our summer. We got one of our, our oldest, our seven-year-olds in a camp, which is nice. And we have a graduation from preschool on Friday. And then we're really just navigating the summer. We just try to get, Cruising. get every kid's basically going to be around. We got to deal with that. You know what? I, I will say different from last year. Last year was the first year that we were doing signing up for a lot of these camps or trying to figure out home stuff and we didn't have our domestic our domestic engineer as we had in years past and I was I think we were both thrown for a loop like oh my gosh the summer this week we're at this camp drop off here pick up here this time now it's this time this week and the next week it would just the schedule is so different every week I think that was really challenging last summer this summer I feel like we're more prepared. We signed up for one of the camps early. We decided not to sign up for too much stuff and just, you know, take it slow and just be prepared to be home a lot. Here's my fear. I had a cold sweat today because our camp for our seven-year-old costs roughly $400 a week, $450, something like that. Not cheap. It's not, not inexpensive. I thought into the future five years when we have a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And I said, oh, we have three camps going. Got to start working a little bit more on my end. I got to get this WGA strike to end. SAG, you know, I'm in SAG as well. We'll probably be striking soon. So, you know, we need need to – obviously, we're striking for the right reasons. But whenever that ends, I'm going to fight the good fight. When that ends, be ready to go back to work so I can pay for my kids' camps. Well, there's that. Yeah, and then how how early do they get a summer job? You know, 14? No. Eight next summer. Yeah, There's they can start working at stand, Esters. Work at Esters. We're not afraid to get these kids on the payroll. Speaking of payrolls, what's going on, at Esters? Anything good? Last week we had a fabulous 
seminar between Esther's and Casilla. Casilla is the sister restaurant next to Esther's. And we hosted a seminar with Steve Mathiason, who's a fantastic winemaker and farming consultant in Napa Valley. He did a, a seminar on regenerative farming, and this was for other buyers in the business. So a bunch of sommeliers from all over Los Angeles came to the seminar. We tasted through Steve's wines, the Matthiasen wines. He talked and showed slideshows of working towards regenerative agriculture, real practical solutions that he is using when, and, and problems that they are facing with climate change and fires and heat spikes in Napa. It was fantastic. And I had a chance to have lunch with Steve and his wife Jill afterwards and wow what fabulous people I cannot wait to go up and visit them in Napa I've been a fan of the wines a long time and we we've we've had Matthias and wines on the podcast before Great always wines. loved the wines mm-hmm. you know but one one thing I really loved about this seminar was he was just empowering buyers with some questions to be asking people who are selling wine to really find out what are the different practices that the winery is using beyond just organic or sustainable. And I and I thought that was really helpful. And he also talked about how great it is to be a consultant, not just a winemaker and having his own project that's, you know, he's working with and he's passionate about, but by being a consultant, he gets to work with so many different other people and have so much more influence and a bigger network and more problem solving. It's just, you know, these ideas that work, whether it's training the vines in a different way to create more shade for the grapes so they're not getting sunburned with heat stroke or too hot, the ideas can spread so much more than if you're just, you know, focused on your own winery. I, I know that was a very long answer to what you asked me, but this, you guys know, I love farming. So it was just, it was a special day for me. Farming matters. Farming matters. Esther's is all about it. And he was like super excited about what Esther's is doing. He was like, farming matters. Yes, it does. It's you like know, taking a look at our, our price tags that highlight different farming techniques and on the menu, all the farming techniques listed. It, it was really a, a special moment for me to share that with someone who's just as passionate about it, but doing something different. We talk about this a lot, but we people care about what they put in their body via food. Have to care about what you put in your body via drink. So, you know, take the time to know from where your wine is coming and the way in which it's made. That's what we try to do here on the podcast. We want to make sure that we serve talk to you about only wines that are taken uh, and grown and made with the, the, the utmost care and, and thought. That, and you're thinking about your body. You're also thinking about the people that work there and their bodies and what they are exposed to. I was talking to a winemaker, I don't know, a couple weeks ago who was at Esther's and he had been up to a conference in Paso Robles and met two folks that work at a winery that I will not mention on this podcast because I'm not trying to do that to out anybody. But these two folks had internships on this at this winery, said winery, and their job was to taste the grapes, to check, check ripeness, and they, they would not do it. They had to leave that winery because before you work at one of these wineries, you're forced to watch all these safety videos about the stuff that they spray, the stuff that's put into the vineyard. And they were so scared by the videos, they couldn't even do their job. They couldn't even taste the wine. One, one, one woman was trying to get pregnant. She was like, 
well, I, I can't be tasting this stuff and working here if I'm trying to do that. And think about that. Those are people who have a choice to move somewhere else and work for someone else. A lot of people are, you know, they're just happy to have a job. That's all to say that you want to drink some great wine? Find the wine that we talk about we, on this podcast. We care about That's it. That's what we're doing. We care about what we're putting in our bodies. We care about what we're doing to the earth. We care about the bodies of the people that pick the grapes. And we care about what our listeners are putting into their bodies. And tonight it's a Riesling, right? <sighs> so good. So let's get into this Riesling. I thought that was a great discussion on what you're doing over at Esther's. Tonight let's talk about this wine that we're having late night. I, you know, As a person who's... Um, been a little bit stressed out because, you know, his world is falling apart a little bit. He's gained a few pounds. I was like, I don't feel like drinking. I want to lose a little bit of weight. You know, you know, eight pounds, 10 pounds. Then I drink this wine. I'm going to have a second glass. That's how good this wine is. Well, here, let me give you that second glass. Thank you so much. So let's reintroduce the wine for the audience tonight. And let's get into what makes this Riesling so special. Yes, this is the K. Weschler, the Ben Riesling from the Rheinhessen in Germany, Vintage 2020. What's so special about Riesling? I mean, it is, it's a white grape. It's an aromatic grape variety. So when you put your nose up in the glass, it just jumps at you. I mean, stop and smell the roses, people. This is one to do it. I was just going to say that, you know, we could just sit here and put our nose in it all night. We could just take the tiniest sips and just put our nose in it and enjoy that. Because every time you put your nose in it's something different it's really the beauty of Riesling and the the other beauty is it's always really high acidity whether or not there's residual sugar whether or not it has sweetness to it there's always high acidity even those wines that are dessert wines there's high acidity it's just masked because there's a lot of residual sugar it's a lot of sweetness this one is not this is a dry Riesling and it's the Rheinhessen is really known for powerful dry Rieslings. It's a region that it's one of the 13 wine regions in Germany and was really known for years for just bulk wine, you know, just producing that mass produced conventional stuff, not not something really special. But well, thanks to Keller, who is <laughs> Klaus Peter Keller is probably the most renowned producer from the Rhinison. The other one is Whitman. They really put this region on the map. And Katarina Wessler, she's located right next to those guys. This vineyard, Ben, is between Kirchspiel and Morstein, which are two very famous vineyards that her family has been. And there's less known about, there's less history about Ben, but it's just, no, it's right next to these two famous vineyards, right by these other very famous guys who put the Rhinison on the map. So it's dry Riesling. How do you tell if it's dry? Well, there's a few ways. It, it can be deceiving. We talked about this in our other episode, I believe, Trocken. If you see that on the label, you can know that it's dry. The other way is from where it's from. So most of the time, most of the time, Austrian Riesling is dry. A couple months ago, I was working on finding a wine pairing for a Birdie G's menu. We had this fabulous Austrian Riesling that had residual sugar, and I was trying to find another one, and, and I couldn't. So it's hard to find an Austrian Riesling with, with sweetness. So you know you want dry. Austria is a good place to go. Alsace in France, often a good place to go. And usually 
those are also matched with higher alcohol, higher ABV. And if you're looking in Germany, you can look for that little bit higher ABV. So don't look at that 9%. That's probably going to have some sweetness to it. This has 12.5. It's dry. It's like enough sugar that was able to make the full fermentation, you know, not residual sugar. Nothing left over. I think that's a great point. We, I'm sure we talked about that in episode 30. But there's a lot of, mm, I don't know, like stereotyping of Riesling as being sweet. People often ask that question. It's probably the first thing they ask if they go to Esther's or, or any wine bar. Like, is this Riesling sweet? It's almost like it's etched in their head somehow that this the Riesling is going to be sweet. Or they don't even ask. They just don't like Riesling because they think it's sweet. And there's this whole other factor of that people think they don't like sweet wines. Now, on some level, I understand that, right? We don't always want to be drinking a dessert wine around. Okay. But having a wine that has some amount of sweetness is sometimes the perfect thing. You know when it's perfect? When you're having really crazy spicy food. It's also perfect when you're outside and it's really hot. You don't want something that's crazy bone dry. You want to have just a hint of sweetness because it's refreshing. I remember, I'm going to blast your brain with a memory here. I don't know, 20 years, 20 years ago, we were at the Colosseum in Rome. Jeez. And I was about to pass out. And the only thing I wanted was a Coca-Cola. You know, a Coca-Cola. I didn't want water. You wanted, I wanted a Coke. And if, if you've ever run a marathon, you know, like... Oh my gosh, a Coke is better than anything. It's better than water. Chocolate milk. Gatorade, yeah. Like you want that sugar. So, hmm, not that we're going to be running a marathon drinking wine, but you know, if you're on your patio and it's really a hot day, just a hint of residual sugar, just a little bit of sweetness is so refreshing. It's just great. Hey, not to get off, off tangent here, but episode 73 of our show, we do an episode called Don't Be Scared of a Sweet Wine. For the Halloween. So check that out in addition to That's this episode. Good too. So anyway, this is dry Riesling. You don't have to be scared of it. It's a great way for people to get to know the grape variety if they don't want to drink um, sweet wines. And it is the most popular trend happening. So, so many wineries now in Germany are making dry Riesling because that is what the market is demanding as far as the U.S. market. And now I think the German market is still split. People still do drink wines with some residual sugar and dry Riesling. But really, really, that the dry Riesling is what we're drinking here in the U.S. And Germany is the number one producer of Riesling. It's a grape variety that loves cooler climate. And there's Riesling from Chile. There's Riesling in California, Washington State. New York. New York. Yep. The Finger Lakes. Australia. I mean, another reason to to like Riesling, and then we'll get into the specifics of this producer, is the value, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's like full stop. It is. Quality of wine for the, the, the price is relatively unmatched for Riesling. It really is. And, you, and it goes with everything. Because of the high acidity, because of the aromatics, it just is such a, like, it's a wine to pair with food. It's beautiful. Now I have to give a shout out to Mariana Caldwell, who is the general manager and wine director for Casilla, next door to Esther's. We have been friends for a long time. She is a wonderful, extremely knowledgeable sommelier. 
And her favorite grape variety is Riesling, which is perfect because she works at Casilla, a Southeast Asian bistro, and their food is perfect. But if you want a great Riesling list, I mean, just look at CasillaLA.com, look at menus, and her wine list is fabulous. She has Rieslings from all different countries, sweet, dry, skin contact. Anyway, that's the place to go start looking and learning if you want to do it. Tell us what's cool about this winemaker. So Katarina Weschler, well, first of all, she is young and just with it and hip and cool. She was in L.A. recently, and she's a delight. Um, She took over her family winery. Her parents, you know, for years were making some wine, but really just like trying to get grapes ripe enough that they could sell it to the bulk market. Because as I said, you know, this region, the Rhineson has a history of just making bulk wine. And that's where you would get more money rather than, you know, producing your own wine in the past. But she, you know, she went to Paris to study and then she studied in Berlin and she decided she really wanted to come back home, but bringing this kind of worldview to her family. She didn't grow up drinking wine. That's the kind of funny thing. Her parents have wine. They sold it. But she doesn't have any memory of being around the table drinking wine. Never get high on your own supply. I don't think they were. They were trying to get it ripe and sell. (laughs) But she's focused on, she's got family vineyards. She's focused on organics and she uses biodynamic principles. Her vineyards aren't... I would say per they're not perfect. There's a little more freedom. Like their vines are are free to grow rather than they as they please rather than being super tidy and sculpted. But they've got she's got 16 hectares and a third of that is Riesling, a third of that is Burgundian varietals, and a third of that is all kind of local varieties and Sauvignon, so all different German varieties. And she makes natural wine, she makes really fun out-of-the-box wines, and she makes beautiful Rieslings. So this is from her family vineyard, the top vineyard that they have, Ben, B-E-N-N, and their vines are 50-year-old. This is limestone and Los. Los is spelled L-O-E-S-S. It's like wind-blown, silt-sized particles. You just say limestone, right, which is the magic word? Limestone is magic. Now, it doesn't have a long... There's not tons of Riesling and limestone. A lot of times we think of Riesling and slate, but this is Riesling and limestone, and we know that's magic. Fermented in stainless steel, using native yeast, no fining, and stomped by foot by this adorable woman. I love Lucy. Totally. Can I say that the the descriptor for me, or the, the, the nose I get for myself, is um, it's like a, like a sweet tart... Sweet and sour candy mm. nose. That's mm-hmm. the thing I get when I put my nose in this wine. It's got like that. It's got like an electricity to it that I always get, but it has like a sweet and sour artif- It's almost like an artificial thing, and I think it's like I think of sweet tarts. That's what I think about. I think of I get that artificial thing, and sometimes people will say new tennis ball, but I think like pool toy in this case. It's Freshly, got freshly fr- open tennis balls is like yeah. my favorite, one of my top five descriptors for tennis. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> freshly open tennis balls is my one of my favorite descriptors for wine. I love that. Pencil shavings is up there. No, oh, that's a good one. But uh, <coughs> not here in this way. No, right not now. here. But I, I do. But love it's that. got this like pool toy, this kind of rubbery <laughs> petroleum thing. And people, people will also say petrol. 
or petroleum wax, which is very commonly found in Riesling and a few other varieties. It's actually from a natural compound that's occurring in Riesling, which is called, which is TDN. So it's not a made up thing. It really, it's from a compound. But I also get a lot of jasmine, white peach, honey, honeycomb. I get that white peach a lot. I hear you on the white peach. I'm eating a lot of white peaches right now. White peaches are very, very, very delicious in Southern California right now. Lime, Meyer lemon, maybe a little pineapple. I mean, this is just a basket of fruit and flowers. It's so, boof, and high acid, ripping. So it's a lighter palate, lots of acidity, delicious. I will also say I picked this wine for tonight because this is the wine that I opened for Steve Mathiason the other day at lunch, and he loved it. So I thought, oh, let's do that. Well, this wine is delicious. It's a good lunch wine. Well, speaking of food, what are we pairing with this wine? Well, we were having the other day oysters, which was great. A market platter, so all these different veggies, raw, pickled, with some dips, with like a buttermilk ranch and um, harissa spicy dip, so that was great. Someone had an Italian... Sandwich, so, you know, cold cuts on focaccia. That was great. Some people had some salad, market lettuces. That was great. And then a cheese plate. Kind of perfect for all those. Very versatile. Now you can go next door, also from Esther's to Casilla, as I mentioned earlier, and literally have anything on their menu with this, and it'd be great. Where are we getting this wine? Esther's. Lots of small wine shops might have it. You know, she has a really small production, so it's going to sell out quickly. If you can't find this wine, what's a wine that you could recommend, or how, how would you recommend someone finding uh, or going to their local purveyor and saying, how can I find a quality, dry Riesling from Germany? Well, I think that was it. Thank you. I just did it. Yes. <laughs> a quality, dry Riesling from Germany. That's either or- organic or sustainable or now, biodynamic. I mean, it's great to ask those questions. And just as, you know, I was talking about Steve Mathiason telling the buyers to ask the questions, same as any person shopping for wine. If you keep asking for organic, biodynamic, thoughtfully produced wines, natural wines, then they're going to stock more of those. So, you know, ask for Make it. Make your voices heard. Exactly. Let them know. This wine's delicious. As we said earlier, it's delicious a couple days after you open it. This is a perfect wine for during the week. Open it on a Tuesday. Enjoy it again on Thursday, Friday. It's great for outdoor. It's a great time of year for white wines. This is a perfect wine to enjoy. Now, I didn't get too deep into Germany or German wine law. And I'm the first to tell you that it's intense and it can be confusing. But there are some wonderful videos on YouTube that explain it really well if you're going that way. Also, I will always say Wine Folly, Wine Folly is a fantastic blog that I love to look at. And if you want to understand German wine law, and what's allowed on a label, that is a wonderful place to start. It makes it really easy to explain. And I will say, looking at a diagram or something like that helps a lot. Now, there were some big changes made in the German wine law in 2021 that will fully go into effect in 2026. I don't want to take the time to explain that to you I appreciate that, actually. But I'm telling you where to go to look for it if you want to get into German wine. 
All right, let's get into the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. Catherine, I don't know if you have one. I'm going to double dip for us again. I'm reading a book that you just read oh, or listened so to good. the audiobook. I did, and I will make a big plug for that. Yeah, this is our good friend, Andrew Rannells, that you may know from the theater world, from the TV and film world. He has a book out called Uncle of the Year. It's a bunch of short stories about his life. You may know him from the Book of Mormon. You may know him from the show Girls, the show Welcome to Chippendales that's out now on Hulu. Just a great person, a great friend of ours for the past 20 years. He has an excellent book out. I'm reading it now. I'm laughing out loud. Catherine has already listened to the audiobook. She's laughed out loud. Yes. I, I will say, whenever there's an actor or someone I know that has written a book, I love the audio version because I want to hear that person. Just like I like enjoyed Stanley Tucci, Andrew Rannells is hilarious. <laughs> I'm laughing at it now, thinking about whenever you arrive at your destination, you will just be laughing at his hilarious story about the Finger Lakes, where he had no good wine. There are some follow-up questions I have for him about this. Uh, many essays in this book, which I hope we get to have a drink soon and ask him. We've had many drinks, many glasses of wine with him over the years. He is enjoying a glass of wine on the cover, which we'll post on our Instagram. Uh, hopefully someday we'll get him on as a guest to the show to talk about his, his love and passion for wine and, I don't know, enjoying life. But uh, go out and check out his book, Uncle of the Year. That's Andrew Rannells, our good friend. You can get it wherever you get your books, wherever you get your audio books. If you're looking for a great summer read, I can't think of one better than this. Definitely. All right, that's it for episode 106 of The Long Finish. Episode 106 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. Do have one quick announcement from Esther's. Um, we've been doing some great collaborations with some chefs and restaurants over at Esther's. we got one popping up. For those of you who remember at Esther's, we had an awesome run of burger night at Esther's. We're bringing a burger back for Monday night. So, Catherine, do you have some info on this collab that we're doing this upcoming Monday? We are hosting Burgers for Life on June 26th. It's going to be such a fun pop-up, and Chef's cooking up his duck-fat seared smash burgers on the patio. Woo! So, the pictures of these look amazing. Also, this is this guy is a high school teacher that is doing this just for fun. Um, such a cool project and he like was like yeah i want to come do this at esters uh, the burgers look ridiculous so come hang out with us we'll have all of our kids there this is gonna be sweet perfect time to be at esters start of summer great evenings a little bit of warmth finally some burgers and maybe you enjoy a dry riesling with that so check that out check out the instagram at esters for that or check out at the long finish on instagram uh, Catherine, I just described where you can find us on Instagram. Where can they find you? Find me at Catherine Wyo Coker and find the long finish at the long finish. Find me at Tug Coker on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks to everyone for listening to the show. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it would mean a lot to us. We should have some fun stuff in store in the coming weeks, including a wine or two that we think is the perfect wine for your summer parties, including the upcoming July 4th parties for you all in the United States. So stay tuned for that. That is next week. Until then, have a great week. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.